Just like The View, only without all the annoying broads, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The podcast that suffers from repeated paper cuts. Gravel Gertie has nothing on him, it's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Well, here we are again, ladies and gentlemen, right back at you with another exciting episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. I am, as Drew McMillan told you, Doug Jones, your Medicare expert. I'm going to be here all week, so be sure and tip your waitress. And uh, let's see, subscribe and like if you enjoy the podcast episode. We are here to help people feel good about that impending medicare transition that a lot of people are facing uh this would be crossing the line from a an obamacare plan maybe it's your employer's group health insurance plan maybe it's your uh own personally owned uh aca plan that stands for uh americans uh, aca i don't know it's uh, uh a a con- congressional concoction that uh pretty much covers individual health insurance plans and makes them lots and lots more expensive. And in order to fight that expense, the health insurance companies have increased deductibles to a huge extent and made them, uh, you know, just bigger than anybody wants to have so that when you have a major problem, medical or uh, accidental injury or something like that, it becomes intolerable to have to pay the deductible that you get hit with before your uh, before your medical insurance starts paying the bills for you. So that's just uh, what we mean when we say ACA. That's typically an individual plan, but it also affected the the health insurance that your employer can offer. It made that much much more expensive. So very often, people covered by their employer's health plans also have a huge deductible they have to deal with. And it's um, one of those things where when you hit Medicare, you're going to find that there's a big improvement in, in the cost of your insurance as well as the quality of the protection. Because Medicare is kind of an antiquated health insurance plan provided by the federal government, and the politicos have not had the courage to mess with it too much. They're messing with it to some extent, but not to uh, any great extent. And so right now, a person transitioning from non-Medicare to Medicare health insurance, typically at age 65 or when they retire from their jobs or when their spousal unit that covers them retires from a job, then that transition uh, becomes a cause for celebration. And that's why I'm here to help people feel confident about that impending transition to let people know what the facts are, what the choices are, what the best course of action is likely to be for them. And then I help them sign up for the insurance that will fill the gaps, fill the holes and plastic uh, tape over the, uh, uh, the shortcomings in Medicare so that uh, you will have nothing but the finest coverage available. That's what I do. And uh, to that end, I wrote a book called Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022, 
the simplest and easiest guide ever. That's the edition that's up on Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com right now. So if you go to Barnes and Noble, you will have deprived Jeff Bezos of uh, uh, some measurable amount of income. If you go to Amazon.com, because it's easier, then you will see that there are four editions. There's a hardcover edition. There's a paperback edition, reasonably priced at about $8. There is a uh, a Kindle edition that's very reasonably priced at under $4 if you have a Kindle. And there is a uh, an Audible edition that's somewhere in the neighborhood of $6, I think. And that is a cool uh, option because it allows you to absorb all of my Medicare knowledge without having to actually do any work. You don't have to move your eyeballs back and forth. You don't have to turn the pages. All you have to do is listen and let that knowledge flow into your brain. So uh, having introduced the book and suggested that that is the source of all that you're going to see and hear for the next 20 minutes or so, uh, the next course of business is often to ask uh, my friend and podcast engineer, Randy, to play the 30-second radio spot that describes a little bit about what we're all about here. So I'm going to be quiet now and hope that that radio spot starts to play for you. Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man. Wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man. Simplest and easiest guide ever. All righty, Randy, thank you very much once again. Uh, would you like to join us here in the inner sanctum of the um, of the Fortress of Solitude? Yes. Yes, I would. Is well, this, I'm glad is to this, have you. Can I get past the security, though? Oh, that's the part I didn't, I failed to mention. No, you can't. Oh, darn it. <laughs> I just you know, can't been, take the risk. I've been in some high security. As you know, I'm a software engineer, so I've been in some high security uh you know, data centers, and most of them nowadays go off retinal scanners. Uh-huh. So uh, I know that you've got at least that level of security. What else have you got going? Well, listen, I, I can't tell you. I'd have to kill you, Randy, because oh, you, are, that's right. you are very attractive to the Medicare Advantage salesmen that wander around out yes. there. I, can, I yes. can hear them trying to cross your perimeter. Uh, and the, your alarms go off and everything. So I know there's a lot of activity around your house. I'm right now in a secret location. They haven't found me yet. I don't want to disclose too much information because I don't want them to find me. That way I don't have to have retinal scanners. I, I can, you know, I have an electric fence, but <laughs> uh, that's that's about it, basically. So, oh, so you, re- you really are. So the reason you called it the Fortress of Solitude is it's actually in a secret location. Not only that, uh, none, nobody that wants to be friends with me will come here. So it's okay. it's a, a different definition of solitude, not necessarily uh, one that I would have picked. But apparently, uh, I'm just not that appealing to that many people. Oh, I don't know about that. But I did want to mention something or at least comment on something that you were talking about in the lead up. You know, you said you were talking about Obama don't care. Uh, yes, I was. Yep. That's ACA, and I I had a brain lapse 
and forgot it's Affordable Care Act is what ACA really stands for, which is laughable in itself. Well, that's true. That's true. Affordable. I don't know whose definition of affordable they were using, but as you know, my wife is just a young whippersnapper and I'm, you know, everybody in everybody in the audience knows I'm on Medicare. So, uh, but my wife is a young whippersnapper and she's not on Medicare. So she had some significant surgery last year. And, you know, by the time you get your, well, here's, here's basically what it was. Uh, you know, the, the cost of the surgery was, oh, let's say $210,000. Okay. And, and our copay uh-huh. on Obama don't care was about yeah. $209,000. I know it's, um, that's the one downside of having a child bride is you, you wind up writing big fat checks. If there are any sort of medical, uh, treatments that are needed, because what they've done is they've tried hard to screw up the uh, medical insurance system that this country used to have. When I first started in the business back in the middle seventies, I thought it was outrageous that, that a guy my age in his uh, let's say twenties and maybe a little older, say in his thirties could have fantastic coverage for in the neighborhood of 10, 15, $20 a month. But a person who was approaching Medicare age would be charged somewhere in the neighborhood of $300 a month. And I thought, boy, that's got to be a huge problem. How do those people afford it? And of course, there hadn't been any Jimmy Carter inflation yet. And and it was uh, a different time economically. But basically, the difference in cost between young people and old people was pretty massive. But the coverage that was universally available was totally different than it is today. There was no network involved. You didn't have a book full of doctors that you had to adhere to if you needed medical treatment. Uh, You could go anywhere you wanted to. And uh, there was uh, rarely any sort of pre-certification required. If you wanted to see a specialist, you'd make an appointment directly with that specialist. But what many people are saddled with today is called managed care. And that's where the insurance company manages the care rather than the sick person. So it's, uh, I would say that things have not improved over the years they have uh, probably gone downhill. So did that, did you have a question or did I just start rambling no, for no reason? No, 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 no. That was right on, right on tack, right on yeah, target. We were talking was... about Margaret's coverage and you have no choice over that because she is limited. The state of Arizona has so few options for people who are self-employed and under age 65. It's really incredible. In fact, I was told about a guy, you know, 10 years ago, somebody said, hey, I've got a friend who's a dentist in Arizona, and he needs health insurance pronto. And I did a little research, and I had to call this guy back and say, I cannot help your friend. There is no health insurance available for individuals in uh, Maricopa County. Now, that's changed a little bit, but what's there, as you've discovered, isn't very good. It's not exactly what you would design if you had, you know, could start from scratch and say, here's the plan I would like. It's terrible. It's it's actually a joke to call it insurance. But, uh, you know, my definition of managed care in today's world, Doug, is with with Obama don't care. It stands for we're going to manage not to pay for your care. 
that's certainly the goal. Health insurance companies would prefer to make a profit, and uh, the insurance or the the government makes it very difficult for them to operate profitably and still satisfy the clients. And I'll give you one little example of a law that federal government's uh, regulations have forced insurance companies to comply with. The um, <clears throat> They have a loss ratio. So you buy insurance, you give money to the insurance company, and they hang on to that money until it's needed to pay claims. But if the insurance company has a good year, whether through good fortune or good management of their underwriting process or, or you know, uh, good uh, uh, health habits of the uh, clients, if their uh, claims happen to be lower than average, you think that they would be able to keep that extra profit and use it for whatever a private company is allowed to use it for. And that could be overhead. That could be uh, to invest it in increasing the um, the area that they operate in, or it could be to lower their premiums so that other people could buy their product at a more affordable cost. Any number of things that a, a company can do uh, with uh, additional profit that they make, whether they made it through good fortune or excellent operation of their business or low overhead or whatever. But the federal government doesn't let that happen. The federal government says, if you don't make a certain uh, loss ratio, in other words, if your loss ratio falls below, and I think it's 85%, you're allowed to make 15% on the amount of premium you collect from people. But if you make more than 15%. In other words, if your loss ratio falls below 85%, you're not allowed to keep that extra money. You've got to either return it or be fined that amount. So you know, there, what's the incentive to operate your business in a profitable manner? They're aiming to get to that 15% loss ratio, and then that's all the better they can do. So I'm, I'm finding it... Uh, you know, not a happy business. And this this uh, has been going on for a long time. But uh, Hillary Clinton, of course, had, a, had her sights set on uh, putting us into a Canadian health system. And she failed miserably because she's a an unhappy human being. And that kind of translated to the voters. But yet there's still this undercurrent of effort people are making to uh, give us a, uh, a, a one-size-fits-all uh, medical healthcare system that is just uh, not what people are used to and not what Americans would prefer to have. Uh, Randy's did, looking did you, like he's thinking. You, he's. I was good. I was. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think very, I don't think very often, but I was wondering if the audience heard that bell ring. Mm. And I, I'm sure I they did. I heard it. So I'm sure they did. I just wanted to tell you what that is, is that it's a Medicare advantage salesman warning alarm. Yeah, there's a good example so, of managed so, care. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, as we're coming into the latter part of the year, they're sneaking around more all the time. Well, we're coming up to that period of each year where the frenzy just takes over. It's like a throwing fresh meat into the Amazon River and the piranhas go insane. And it's because the Medicare Advantage open enrollment or uh, AEP annual election period starts on October 15th. You think you see a lot of commercials with JJ Walker and uh, uh, Joe Namath now and William Shatner wait until 
just before the AEP starts on October 15th. It goes up until Pearl Harbor Day, December 7th. What happens then is that all the people that have managed care or Medicare Advantage plans decide that they can change and they're being lured by all the companies. Hey, try our plan if you don't like your plan. And the frenzy is that they, none of them like their plan, so they're all changing to something new in the hopes that it'll be more advantageous for them. And uh, it creates all kinds of yakking and talking and and uh, a lot of uh, insurance agents driving around like maniacs going to see people to try to get them to buy their product. Why would they do that? Because their commission on the whole, if they move somebody from one company to another, their commission is about 10 times what the commission would be for the product that I sell, which is Medicare supplement. Medicare supplement is terrific, top-notch, the best kind of coverage that one can have if one is on Medicare. But it's so good that you can't have it anytime you want to. If you get it and then give it up later, there's no guarantee that you can ever get it back. If your health deteriorates, you have to show evidence of good health. With a Medicare Advantage plan, every year you can switch plans, or if you're on regular Medicare with a Medicare supplement and somebody lies to you, you can come into a Medicare Advantage plan at this time of the year, the AEP, uh, that's October 15th to December 7th. And then the following year, you're going to find yourself thinking, did I make a mistake? Probably so. Well, maybe this other guy's plan over here is a little bit better. Maybe their dental coverage is a, is slightly better, or maybe uh, their drug coverage is somewhat better. So that's what happens every year at the end of the year. It does not affect Medicare supplement plans, the finest Medicare coverage there is, except to the extent that people are often promised things that that sound like uh, just the land of milk and honey to those who uh, don't have free lunches and free dental coverage and free this and free that, rides to the doctor's appointments and all of that stuff. Well, that stuff isn't really going to happen for your average person living in uh, the middle of America. That's only going to happen in the downtown areas of large cities. That's where those plans are uh, promulgated. And so when you call those phone numbers that they're constantly uh, ragging on you about on the tele- on the uh, TV ads, you're going to be disappointed. But, you know, they, they're skilled in the methods of turning your interest to what they do have available. Uh, not completely, though, because, as I said a few episodes ago, the federal government is tired of getting complaints from disgruntled uh, members of Medicare Advantage plans. And so they are putting the screws to uh, the Medicare Advantage salespeople. And that includes everybody else too, because they can't, they, they just aren't able to surgically correct the problem. They've got to slap everybody down. So that means more um, rules and regulations that insurance agents have to follow. It makes it a less um, enjoyable, uh, helpful process for an insurance agent like me to go through. I have to uh, theoretically comply with some more regulations that would involve, if I spoke to you on the phone, uh, recording the telephone call. If we're going to talk about Medicare uh, plans that include drug plans, Theoretically, I am supposed to record my telephone conversation with you. Well, 
uh, I don't think I'm going to be doing that. So what's going to happen is my clients are going to have to record or uh, have to communicate with me about drug blends in writing. And if it's inconvenient, then I'm sorry, but I don't want the feds knocking on my door or uh, the FBI, you know, coming after me like they have so many other people recently. And uh, I want to make sure that I'm at least perceived to be in compliance with all of their new regulations. I believe these are baby steps they're taking <clears throat> towards a, um, a very unpleasant future of medical insurance, but I don't think any of us will live long enough to see them completely destroy it. So I'm not going to panic and I will help people who want to uh, promote free enterprise. I will uh, help them to the extent that I can. Boy, every time Randy puts a thought out there, I wind up yakking away and yakking away. And I see by the big old clock on the wall that I've almost burned up a whole episode here. I haven't really said much of anything except random thoughts about the insurance business. Up oh, there go the oh, crickets. What is that, Doug? Well, that's our crickets that normally the crickets. The crickets are here. They normally chastise us when we hit the uh, twenty-minute mark, which is our goal for every episode. What I will do is I'll share a little something that uh, your lovely bride, Margaret, uh, told me about the other day, and it's instructive because it's uh, the kind of thing that not too many people face, but when they do, it becomes confusing often and uh, and it's nice for me to be able to give good news to people but margaret said that you've got a new prospect who was talking about among other things the medicare for the lazy man podcast and this prospect expressed interest in that because his wife has been on social security disability income for quite some time now typically when somebody does that they're allowed to get Medicare supplement plan, but it often costs a whole lot more than it would for healthy people. It was The law was uh, broadened years ago to allow Medicare supplements to be issued to people under age 65 once they're on disability income for two years, Social Security disability income. They can have Medicare, and then in many states, they can have a Medicare supplement, which is going to cost you know, two or three times what the average healthy person would have to pay. But when this person reaches age 65, and apparently the the wife of your prospect is uh, headed towards her 65th birthday, that's a clean slate. That's where everything is forgotten. All of it's in the past. And she is now able to apply for Medicare and a Medicare supplement <clears throat> at the same cost that other otherwise healthy people would pay. So he's got good news coming his way. If uh, she doesn't have a Medicare supplement right now, uh, then he's going to be able to get one that will cover that 20% that Medicare doesn't pay. And if she has a Medicare supplement right now, she's likely paying a lot of money for it. She's going to be able to reapply for any plan with any company that she wants to and uh, pay the same rate that a normal, healthy person with no medical problems would pay. <clears throat> so that's a nice little thing that's going to happen. And uh, they should start making arrangements for that switch at about uh, 64 and nine months. And if they want to talk to me, I will certainly help them do that. If they have another insurance person that they've been dealing with, I can understand that they might want to use that person. So <clears throat> it's a 
it's a brighter day that they're going to be looking forward to when the wife turns 65. So we're um, we're pretty much out of time today, and I had all kinds of notes that I was going to uh, babble on about various things, but uh, probably best that we set those aside and uh, do this another day. So, Randy, I'm going to turn things over to you for the actual uh, closing out of this episode. And I'm going to. Well, I just watch. want. I just wanted to tell you, Doug. I have, even though this was kind of a, you know, a, not off the wall, but off the cuff sort of a, Dis, disjointed. I would say. No, I wouldn't say. I, well, okay, whatever, whatever you want to describe it as, but it was very, very. I thought very, very useful, very, very interesting. I, well, I find so many of these things that uh, you discuss very interesting because. If it wasn't for you, I would have, you know, certainly got in my car and run the other way for Medicare. (laughs) Now, I, and as a matter of fact, I did because my my wife figured this all out for me. But I I thought this was an awesome uh, kind of a, you know, general talk covered a lot of different things. So anyway, I thought it was great. I know that you had some other things planned, but I thought it was awesome, and I think the people will probably. Join me in uh, voting this with a thumb pointed up. I hope so. Thank you. So anyway, we have used our time. We have uh, burned up our gas. We've, uh, you know, pretty much we're out of steam. So let's go ahead and sign it off for today. We have a couple things that we always want to do at the end before we let you go back. Uh, write Doug at dbj at mlmmailbag.com. He loves, absolutely loves, and looks forward to getting communications from you. Don't forget to go to Amazon and get yourself, uh, you know, as we get closer to the end of the year, there's there's really a reason to stock up on his paperbacks, the 2022 the with the green numbers on version, Medicare for the Lazy Man simplest and easiest guide ever or if you're in the mood for an audio or a kindle which is you know obviously for your kindle you can get any of those too but buy several because as you get into the latter part of the year i think you'll find many many different places that you could uh, you know hand one off to a relative hand one off to a neighbor you know i think at you know doug's last count there what is there about ten thousand people turn 65 every day 10 to 11 are the numbers that I hear, somewhere between 10 and 11,000 on the average every day. That's amazing. So, you know, there's got to be somebody in your life, every one of you that's got a use for one of these, and it would be a great, great gift for them. So having said all that, we need to sign off. Thank you all for joining us. We always appreciate you joining us because you could have been in many different places doing many different things, and you weren't. You are with us spending a bit of time with Doug Jones, the Medicare expert, but we are going to sign off for today. Thanks for joining us. You have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy originally from Oklahoma, but now living in a undisclosed location behind Cave Creek in the high mountains in his fortress of solitude. Bye-bye, everyone.